0: Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey, Listen, Gamescast. My name is Jeffrey Morse. With me here today is Rob Douglas. What's up, guys? And joining us today, our very special guest, first time on the podcast, our very own Mass Effect aficionado, Adam Fields.
1: Greetings, Hey, Listen, listeners. <laughs> so glad to be here.
0: Yeah, Adam's been a uh, good friend of the show. Uh, went to college with Rob, Nathan, and I. and. Uh, been wanting to get him on the show for a while and uh with all the n7 day news for the new mass effect that came out this week we thought uh this would be a good week to bring him on and also uh fill in for nathan who
1: cannot be here this week so it's all right i i'm, I'm slightly taller uh <laughs> take up a little bit more space so hopefully i can fill the shoes slightly more handsome <laughs> well yeah, i want I, to go that far
0: <laughs> more of a classical handsome Um, Anyways, we are going to be uh, hitting up some of our listeners' questions, Uh, put out a tweet earlier today asking for some questions, uh, messaged a a few of our uh, regular listeners asking them if they had any topics they would want us to talk about, so we will go ahead and jump into uh, these three questions that we got from our listeners. Um, First question um, would have been a better question if Nathan was here. I just now realize. But uh, a friend of the show, Brad P., asks... How much fun is Overwatch when you solo queue? I've been thinking about getting it, especially after hearing you guys talk about it on your Gamecast, but since I would get it for the PC, I wouldn't really be able to play with anyone I know who has it. And so Brad has this problem. He doesn't really know anyone who has Overwatch. He doesn't have a PS4, Xbox One to be playing it on. Um, Basically, you know, it is a multiplayer only game, but um, you can obviously solo queue. Rob, you haven't really played Overwatch at all yet, have you?
2: Uh, I played a little bit. Uh, Nathan came down oh, okay. uh, about two months ago, and he he brought Overwatch, and so so you played I got a bit. To play a little bit, yeah, yeah. And
0: I know got, Adam, got a you
1: feel for it. You, you, yeah. you played a bit as well with uh, yeah. I played through the beta on and stuff. Uh, the beta online, and then played a little bit on PlayStation. Gotcha. So,
0: um, what what do you guys think from your limited experience with Overwatch? Um, did you guys play mostly solo, or did you guys jump in with friends, and did you notice much of a difference in the experience there?
2: I would say, I mean, obviously it's one of those multiplayer games that would be really fun if you have some of your own friends that you're playing with, but it is a really fun game to play. Um, I really enjoyed the combat system, and I really enjoyed just sort of the... It doesn't feel like a normal multiplayer grind and play, It. It's a really fun experience, and I I really enjoyed it. I just haven't picked it up because of money reasons.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think the most important question is not necessarily, uh, will I have fun playing it by myself, but do I enjoy shooters? And if if you enjoy shooters, um, then the next question, if the answer there is no, then obviously the first answer you're probably going to receive is no. But if you're kind of on the fence of like, yeah, I kind of like shooters... Then you're saying, all right, do you like serious shooters or do you like kind of fun, wacky, um, unique characters type shooters? Yeah. I really mm-hmm. think those are the, probably the two questions in your flowchart that you should follow.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like if you, if <clears throat> I don't know if you have Splatoon Brad or not, but I would kind of compare it to that where it is, you know, kind of a more lighthearted mm-hmm. shooter where. There's more colors the characters are like oozing with personality and it can be a lot of fun whether you solo or play with friends I will say with splatoon um, I I do enjoy splatoon a lot more when I am playing with friends um, and I do tend to play splatoon more <coughs> if I know you know I have a friend online or I'm trying to meet up with him um, most of my time in overwatch has been solo queuing though um, as much as I do like to play with friends and invite friends together I find myself just jumping in you know every day to get you know experience and Mm -hmm. level up which doesn't do anything other than give you loot boxes but it's always exciting when you get those loot boxes and it's kind of intrinsically rewarding like i'm not really you know grinding to get certain weapons or unlocks like you unlock all the characters right away and you can just kind of feel free to experiment with other characters or find ones that you are really good with and there's always ways to kind of improve your gameplay and so um i i think solo queuing is totally fine it the matchmaking system actually is pretty smart. It does a good job of uh, putting you in a solo queue uh, with other people who are solo queuing as well, so that way you're not going up like you know you and a bunch of other people on your team are all solo queuing going to, going against a team that's you know all six people in a party who are all working together and like completely wiping the floor with you. Um, it does a good job of matching up similar um, composed teams of whether mm-hmm. you're going to matchmaking with two people or by yourself. Um, so. The matchmaking is is really good in that aspect, and then there is um, competitive mode, which I've done all of season two in competitive solo, um, and I've gotten a silver rank, and I've had a good time doing. It. I actually usually prefer it to quick <clears throat> play now, just because I know my teammates are going to be a little more competent and <laughs> not, <laughs> not not as you know uh, ridiculous. But yeah, I, I wouldn't let that stop you if if you are thinking about picking it up. I would definitely go for it um i'm Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can like i've i've added people to my friend list even who i've met just playing overwatch with so you'll probably make some friends and uh find people to group up with as well so yeah
1: yeah. and in case you missed it big news of the week for overwatch is that a single single character limit is is coming to just quick play it is it is oh i did not hear that
0: holy cow that that's big
1: wow Something that
0: I heard the two you guys,
1: oh, the two guys awesome. that
0: don't play overwatch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that, that that's exciting because they, they put on competitive, which made sense. But in sometimes I'll get into like a quick play match and we're attacking and I have like three people playing Hanzo. I'm like, I don't care how good of a sniper you think you are,
2: we this is not helping
0: our team. Switch to someone else, please. <laughs> um so wow, cool. Um that that'll be good. Yeah. So uh, next question is from Adam uh, not this Adam but uh, mr. Frost XD on Twitter uh, he is a big blaster master fan for the original NES game and uh, they just announced a sequel this week and he said he would love to hear our thoughts on the upcoming blaster master game coming in 2017 um, for those of you who didn't hear about it it's basically um, kind of a remake but not. Um, it's going to be very inspired from the original. Yeah. It is uh-huh. using very similar uh, pixel art, but it is a totally new game, and it's coming next year, and it looks to be a pretty interesting remake. Um, so, I don't know. Have you guys um, seen anything about the game yet? Or
2: Not until uh, I saw our show notes, and I was looking at that, and I saw Master Blaster. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. a blast from the from the past. Like i I remember I didn't play that one a lot but I do remember playing that one when I was a little younger and just I mean as far as a remake or remaster or redone or whatever they're officially calling this version yeah this version it's a remake so um I don't know if I'm necessarily super interested but I mean I did enjoy playing a little bit of the first one so maybe we'll see yeah hopefully it's something that comes out um, like on the cloud or with... On, uh, on Steam with, and stuff or... You know, or Steam or... Well, if it's an NES title, I'm wondering if it's just going to come out on the new Nintendo Switch and if it'll be on their mm-hmm. um, library. So, yeah, we we'll see. Yeah,
0: it, it's coming out on 3DS eShop. That is confirmed. And then uh, I'm sure okay. it'll probably hit other stuff after that. But uh, it's actually made by Inti Creates, which is the studio... That was kind of formed out of Capcom from, like, the team who made the Mega Man, the new Mega Man mm-hmm. 9 and 10 games. And they wow. created their own IP with Azure Striker Gunvolt. And those were kind of a really fast kind of Mega Man-type pixel um, game for the 3DS that we talked about a little bit on the show. Uh, we did our Ninnies at Night episode. And so uh, it's a team that has a lot of experience doing kind of these classic, you know, 8, 16-bit-type games. Um, and they are using the original blaster master as a base and then creating kind of a new eight bit experience for the game. So, um, me personally, I love, I love, you know, that generation of games and I think it's great when a team can go back and make a game in that style, but kind of modernize it a little bit to make it, you know, maybe just a little bit more forgiving with save points or just with controls (laughs) and stuff like that. Um, So I I looked at the pixel art. The pixel art looks really great. I'm sure the music is going to be awesome as well. So um, I'll definitely keep this one on my
1: radar for sure. I am always a big fan of movies or games that um, are kind of Mm self-aware. And specifically, if you're going to make not the world's greatest film or not the world's greatest AAA title video game, if you give the title a really dumb title, I am all over it because my emotional (laughs) standards have been lowered. And I gotta tell you this. You ready for this? The original Master Blaster, the Uh Japanese name, when translated to English, it uh, loosely translates to Superplanetary War Records Metafight. <laughs> why did that? Why did that title
0: not stay in the U.S. version? That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know.
2: U.S. Americans are just kind of we're like, oh, we want our you know
1: serious game name. <laughs> Blaster. Oh, Blaster, absolutely.
2: Master Blaster. <laughs> Blaster. I mean, so like you
1: think of movies like Cowboys vs Aliens. Well, yeah. uh, that movie was awesome, and I did not have high expectations for it. Yeah and then you look at movies like um Real Steel or uh the movie that should have been called Giant Robot Kaiju Battle like <laughs> <laughs> I mean if it had been titled that you would have been blown away by the movie instead of just walking away wow that was pretty good
0: yeah yeah I well, I think that is a that's a pretty funny point there but um yeah I I always love I think it's good for the the uh market and the the indie mm-hmm. scene to have more games that are more classically um, developed and kind of bring back that 8-bit style. Like I said, love love Shovel Knight. That's one of the best games that's come out in the last few years. And I think it's cool that more games are kind of, more, more developers are following suit. So I am excited yeah. to see more about it. So our final question for today. This is probably my favorite question. I was really excited to answer this one as soon as I saw it. Good friend of the show, Steven. He asks, what is your favorite game soundtrack, and in what part of the game did you really find yourself starting like dig the music? Like, did you realize, oh man, this soundtrack's got it?
2: <laughs> oh
0: man! I'll, uh, do you guys want to start? Or do you want me to go? Ah, uh, go for it. Okay, because I got mine ready. Uh, I've been playing <laughs> a lot again lately. It's got my hooks to me again. Donkey Kong Country Two, one of my all-time <laughs> favorite games. Every time I play this game, I got to turn the music like way up in the game room. I've got to like shut the door because I just love the David Wise soundtrack. And um, almost like there's very different themes for every level. And so for like the pirate ship levels, there's a theme for like the ones when you go up on top of the pirate ships, there's another theme. There's a theme for the lava levels. There's a theme for like the crystal levels. There's a theme for the ghost levels. There's even like. Two little roller coaster levels, and it's got this awesome like techno like amusement park theme. Like they just do a great job differentiating between all the themes. I think everyone knows the uh, uh, Bramble Scramble music uh, from Donkey Kong Country Two is one of like the most well known, most loved like sixteen bit songs ever. And for me, I think the part where I really started like digging the soundtrack, I, I loved it and everything. But as soon as I got to the fourth world, which is the Kremlin. <laughs> It starts off and you get play this level inside of a beehive and it starts playing this kind of like very environmental, like ambient music, like. And then just like it's this song that builds over like four minutes. So like in the Super Nintendo era you rarely had a song that was longer than thirty seconds, you know, like Super oh, Mario man. World, like everything was like twenty second like loop <laughs> over and over again. Which, you know, they're fine. But like finally seeing like, wow, you can really compose a really long song that really changes and adds different things, and uses all these different sounds that I hadn't uh, really heard before as a kid and still to this day the music still holds up really well. So you start, start off in that fourth world with the beehive, then it goes into the amusement park kind of level that I was telling you about cool. and then the Bramble music. And I don't know, it's just it's just got it all. It's it's really, really timeless soundtrack. There's been, you know, countless fan renditions and stuff over the time. So I, I know that, you know, might be kind of a popular answer but uh that that, now it's for me i always come back whenever i think of great music and think of the donkey kong country too and even tropical freeze had had a lot of great songs as well Mm -hmm. because they're able to use some more modern instruments and they did a lot of kind of remixes but as well as new themes
1: on on the donkey kong series so uh well you want a big fan you want to you want to talk about popular answers Uh, (laughs) red dead redemption Oh, yeah. <laughs> specifically I mean the entire soundtrack is perfect the entire way through so but spe- specifically the moment where you set the controller down and you go I am a cowboy is, <laughs> is when you're first are riding into Mexico and um, Far Away comes on mm-hmm. and it's the only song with lyrics in the entire game oh, um, because it wasn't an original song
0: yeah. for the
1: game I don't remember who who wrote it, but it's a game. It's a song that they licensed for the game. Okay. And so you're riding into Mexico and you're riding up a hill. And like, as you crest over the hill, it starts playing and you just kind of stop. And I lucked out the first time I was playing it. And, um, the sun was rising right in front of me as I'm just looking (laughs) over the Mexico (laughs) landscape as it plays. And I'm just like, Oh my word, this is incredible.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I I really like the, the soundtrack for that game as well. I, I feel like it was it was really good. I didn't really, um, I'm glad you really had that moment there. But I'd, as far as the rest of soundtrack, I wasn't really, I can't really remember, like, memorable parts of it, which is one reason I really like Donkey, Donkey Kong Country mm-hmm. 2, just because every different saying had a really different, memorable level. It wasn't, you know, all all the same. It was very different. But, yeah, I I thought it was really professionally done, the Red Dead soundtrack. It fit the game so well, yeah. for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. It was very ambient noise and background, like that background soundtrack that you didn't necessarily have to notice, but you always were sort of aware that it was there. It, it sucked in. Mm. It brought you Yeah, the Yeah, it, <laughs> it set sure. the mood and said, this is a Western game. Yeah. We're now entering <laughs> the land of cowboys. Um, For me, that's a really tough question because, I mean, I love music and I love video games. So, you know, you kind of get this, you know, there's lots of moments I've, found, you know, I was sitting here thinking through all these different games, like you mentioned Donkey Kong, I remember playing through uh, Donkey Kong 64 and some of the soundtracks oh, yeah. that would come up like how you had your uh, music uh, one of the special moves was your each of your character played a different instrument or something, it was <laughs> yeah, all you, with, cool. the, with the star guitar yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but I think I'm actually going to cheat a little bit and I'm going to say two because one is not technically okay. in the game so all four of the uncharted games <laughs> in the main menu. The main menu theme. Dun, 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 just, dun, just the, <laughs> the uncharted theme playing over the menu is just is so classic. I yeah. love it so much. It was just one of the greatest moments. Um, I, re- I actually, really like the variation of
0: Ford too. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I actually didn't start the game until I listened through the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> That's like your opening cutscene. It's just oh enjoy the music, huh? <laughs> For all four games, I sat there and listened through the whole thing. Um, and then the other one is a little bit of an older one, uh, Halo, two thousand one, yeah. It came out. And there's the you know the first missions on the spaceship, and then the second mission you are, you know, crossing across the bridge um, after you crash landed, and as you're walking up the hill, the just the. Um, drums are coming in and just sort of the music starts playing and you're just like, Oh my God, this is incredible. starts
0: doing the, and you're just like, what is going on? This is so epic.
2: So, I mean, just, there several moments from that first Halo game, just playing through it for the first time. You know, none of, we didn't have, you know, Halo of the year, Call of Duty yearly annual series. We just had Halo one, we're just running down the level and here's the music playing in the background you're just like oh my goodness this is the greatest thing ever yeah I, actually, I,
1: I think that halo just playing the halo soundtrack on youtube was probably some of my first experiences with youtube was just playing yeah. the halo soundtrack
0: that's awesome for, for me it was it was halo 2 because i didn't have halo 1 originally like by the time i we got the xbox yeah. halo 2 was kind of the the game and so playing through the campaign and hearing that song, it was a similar thing where you're going over the bridge and that's when the music first started that play that really yep. epic song. And you're just like, yes, <laughs> I just played that um, level over and over again to hear the song.
2: I actually, um, from the library, this is how much of a nerd I have always been.
0: <laughs> you went I to the borrowed, library,
2: man, you're a nerd. I went to a library and I borrowed Halo two soundtrack.
0: Wow. This is before you
2: could like rip things onto your laptop, and steal the music. <laughs> but you know, I had in my cd player and
1: i would fall asleep to the halo 2 soundtrack <laughs>
2: that is awesome. i appreciate
1: i appreciate that rob says he borrowed it instead of checked it out which makes me think that he didn't actually check it out he just, <laughs> just took it and then just brought it back. It. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it might have been a couple weeks before they realized who it was <laughs> <laughs> but i need that halo 2 music i gotta get to sleep
0: Oh, that's great! So, if you're listening, uh, check out check out these game soundtracks. They are come highly recommended by all of us. You could you know fill fill your hours or or your bedtime with some some good, good tunes <laughs> from,
1: from these. Yeah, guys. if you guys still have those old CD players, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know about doing it while you sleep. You might wake up talking like a cowboy. Uh, I actually remember I
0: when I was a kid because my, my dad is a high school basketball coach and so I'd hang out with you know with a lot of the high school guys he was coaching and one of the high school guys had this CD that he like somehow made this is like the you know mid 90s so that wasn't very common necessarily and he had the CD that was burned that had all this different game music and one of them was like the Donkey Kong Country 2 Funkies theme and I'm like this is so amazing this guy has Donkey Kong music in his car uh, so I thought that was cool. <laughs> but all right. So moving on to our main segment of the show today, we have tons of Mass Effect news this week. Um, we didn't really know really a lot about Mass Effect Andromeda. There have been a little, few little bits and pieces over the last few months. Um, but we got uh, kind of a blowout of news this week. Uh, it was N7 mm-hmm. Day. Was it yesterday? Yeah. that right? Yeah. Uh, which is kind of November 7th. They kind of you know celebrate that as kind of a, the Mass Effect hol- holiday Bioware celebrates that and uh, they released kind of the basic storyline of Andromeda as well as lots of other details. Um, Rob, did you want to maybe kind of talk a little about the storyline that, that they've kind of released so far?
2: Yeah, so so far what the story looks like is going to be is it looks like we are playing as uh, either a brother or the sister. Um, sort of answers the question of whether you pay, play as a male or a female character rather than them being one or separate. Um, so you play as... Uh brother or sister and uh, the storyline takes place actually you take off from Earth six hundred years before the actual events of Mass Effect Mass Effect. It, or, or, um, before the events of Mass Effect Andromeda so this is 600 years and you actually leave Earth between Mass Effect 2 and 3 so mm. this happens right before 3 which was sort of a cop out to say we're not going to actually deal with the yeah. Mass Effect 3 ending <laughs> cool. but whatever so yeah. you were part of there's three ships that go to this new galaxy Andromeda um, they're like and giant they
0: arcs to- that are just basically transporting you know the species to a new yeah. galaxy a new planet finding a new place to live because they know Earth is going to be destroyed <laughs>
2: Yeah, and each ship has a guy called, uh, or an individual who was known as a Pathfinder. A Pathfinder is someone who is the best at, I believe it's science, combat, um, uh, engineering. Like has just all the basic class skills and is really the just like the superhero, game. video game protagonist type persona. And there's... Your dad's involved in the game. Um, His name is Alec Ryder, and he's apparently an N7, and he's out there somewhere. And so that kind of plays into part of the story somehow. At this point, we're not entirely sure what that is like, whether you're going against your dad or you're trying to find your dad. uh,
0: Yeah, I think think part of it will be trying to find your dad or kind of Mm -hmm. unravel the mystery behind, you know, your dad was an N7, what's what's the link between me? And, like, I think also they haven't said who your mother is either, so I think kind of finding... Information about your lineage is going to be one of the kind of running questions throughout the story, for sure. yeah.
2: And then <clears throat> one of the things that was revealed in this newest trailer was a new alien race. And there were a couple of comments that made, a, made it mention that some of the new things looked a little Reaper ish, and so there is this possibility that the Reapers might be in the game, but I mean, uh,
1: no possibility, No, uh, possibility. at least that's that's what the um. The creative directors have all said is like, no, no, no. The Reapers are a Milky Way galaxy threat. We're Sweet. taking place in Andromeda.
2: I'm uh, glad they're getting away. I think from that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because
2: yeah. <laughs> if Reapers. they were going to stick with the Reaper theme, I feel like it would be a little repetitive. It was like, oh no, we went to yeah. a new galaxy and now they're yep. back. And Yay. They, they, they even went as
0: far <laughs> as saying that there's not going to be any characters from the original trilogy in oh. this game, so we're not going to get you know any of the same. You know, we might have some characters that'll be similar races but we won't mm-hmm. have any of the main you know party characters or shepherd or any of that in this new game i'm sure they they might name drop shepherd or something like that but none of those characters will actually yeah. be you know interactable
1: or show up in in this world now i do have a theory um a couple theories about some of the news with just Jess- with dissecting the trailers and different things and dissecting yeah. the, um, the Mass Effect website and the whole Andromeda initiative, really cool mm-hmm. interactive experience thing they have. Um, but we don't have to talk about those yet. You want to keep talking about the story? <laughs>
2: um, as far as the story is concerned, it looks like we're going up against aliens, there's artifacts, there's all sorts of stuff like that. And um, if you watch the trailer, which was released yesterday, the cinematic trailer, there's a lot of dramatic moments, including one of my favorite moments from the whole trailer that sort of sums up the whole storyline where the main character says we are the aliens now which yeah. is sort of ironic because mm-hmm. they have aliens on their ship with them but <laughs> <laughs> but other than that that's about as much as we know about the story there's a couple other nuances in there but we'll talk a little bit about each of them as we kind of yeah. walk through these things but overall
0: I, I thought the footage looked really good it got me it got me pretty excited i don't know why they just didn't show that trailer when they they announced the PS Pro. We kind of got our first first look at the gameplay. Like, I feel like that first gameplay of the guy like jetpacking through that empty room was very underwhelming and didn't.
2: Get and scanning excited. flowers.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like th- this trailer was great. It-, it showed you know lots of the main different characters. It had great dialogue. It kind of you know hit some of the story beats. It showed you know a lot of the different scenery and environments. Um, so I don't know. I I I'm starting. I haven't really thought about the game a lot cuz you know it's been so far off and we haven't heard much but now I'm finally starting to like okay Mass Effect's <laughs> coming I'm starting to get excited again cause I, I, the, the hype train is here and the hype it, train is real Exactly like I I have such good memories playing uh the original Effect game especially playing Effect 3 multiplayer with you Adam and some of the other guys like so much fun doing that so I'm excited to get Absolutely. back into
1: it so mm-hmm. All right but before we go any further in this I feel like now you know you brought me in as kind of <laughs> The Mass Effect guy. I feel yeah, like yeah, now. what's your take? Yep. T- t- tell the listeners a couple things about me. Uh, one, I'm always male shepherd. Um One of the nice things about it is my wife also plays Mass Effect with me. And when we play, it's been really nice. We've been able to play together. Um, and she always plays as Fem Shep. So that's kind of the way that I'll be able – I've been able to yeah. see the differences and the dialogue that's really cool. So I'm yeah. always male shepherd. Always Paragon first, then go back and do Renegade. With a couple exceptions. If you're playing Paragon and you really, really, really want to be a jerk to somebody, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you're playing Mass Effect 3 and you're playing Renegade, you cannot kill Morden. Um, I tried once, I cried, I went back. <laughs> 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 I cried that's during crazy. the first time I played the Overlord DLC, I mm-hmm. cried during that. Uh, and I feel like probably the most important thing is I do not believe... In the Mass Effect Three Shepard indoctrination theory, <laughs> I feel like that's probably the most important thing to state. To state, <laughs> I, uh, I
0: I would agree. I think that theory is bogus and really yeah, cheap at all. cop
2: out. It seems like yeah, like like you just said, really cheap ch- cop out. Yeah, but um... so then that kind of brings us to another point that's kind of coming out in this. There's not going to be Renegade and Paragon. Options. Yes.
0: Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. They, they did say there's different dialogue options still, and there's going to be you know, more aggressive dialogue and more passive uh, dialogue. But it's not necessarily going to be Renegade or Paragon, which, if you're not familiar with how that system worked in the last games, basically, based on the decisions and the actions you made throughout the game, you would either become more Renegade or more Paragon. And basically, the more towards one side you leaned you actually got to say certain... It unlocked certain dialogue options based on mm-hmm. your character's personality yeah. that you built, as well as some like quick time events. So it would allow you to like interrupt conversations in Mass Effect 3 by pulling the left or right trigger to do a Paragon or Renegade action, which was pretty cool because um, I played Paragon my my uh, playthroughs as well, and so I was able to kind of interject and say something really heroic as a paragon, which I would not have been able to do if I wouldn't have been paragon most of the game. So yeah. I, I thought it did and add some cool different differentiating to the game. Yeah,
1: the uh the QuickTub event started in Mass Effect 2. Oh, was it um, okay. mm-hmm. yeah, Mass Effect 2. But Mass Effect 3 introduced a new uh, kind of explained it a little bit better with they had a new um you would gain reputation as you would do things. And so it wasn't just you're becoming more of a bad guy. It's more of, all right, you're getting more of a reputation of a bad guy or a good guy. And Mm -hmm. that is kind of the thing that lets you make um, the dialogue decisions you made, which is a really bad guy type of comment. While you're still the hero, you're always the hero of the story um, or a really super good guy, heroic. Are you more of a jerk
0: hero, though, or are you more just like the total nice guy, like suave nice guy?
2: (laughs) So are you going to punch the
1: reporter or actually do her interview? (laughs) You're still saving the galaxy either way. That's true. I mean, I've got the Mass Effect stickers on the back of my car, and I like to think that very few people pass me on the right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, another piece of news that came out
0: um, I'm really excited about. Uh, is loyalty missions are coming back, which was my favorite part of Mass Effect 2, and why I think Mass Effect 2 did have my favorite um, single player campaign out of all the Mass Effects. Um, basically, you had a ridiculous party size in that game; like you could recruit so many different um, characters to come join your team. And after you, they joined your team. You know, they'd kind of hang out in your ship and uh, in between missions. If you went and talked to them regularly, and you kind of get to know them which I love doing like already. I would always, you know, try to talk to the characters as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, they kinda open up to you and they say, Well, this is going great, but I have this problem and basically they would give you a side quest where you could go do a loyalty mission that would like, you know, maybe it was help them obtain something that they really need or some of them had yeah. to do with helping them explain something to a family member, or you know, experience closure in their life. Yeah, it, it was it was really real, like well written like stories that you could like totally relate to, and you totally re, totally were able to get invested in. And some of them were pretty hard. Like I I like failed one, and like it wouldn't let me redo it. And I felt really bad. It was like the only one I I failed. Um, but it it really made those characters a lot more memorable, um, and you really got to know the characters a lot more. And so I think it's great that they're going to be doing these type of missions again. Like, they're optional, but you can totally go in and
1: um, expand on these other characters' story. Mm. I'm excited to see how those new new loyalty missions relate to the new story. Because, you know, uh, most of the loyalty missions in Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 kind of revolved around the different side characters backstory well you're now 600 years separated from whatever backstory they may have had that's true so i don't know where they're going with it and one of the things that i
2: really appreciate about the loyalty missions now is like in mass effect 2 the loyalty missions were awesome but one of the biggest problems i had with it is if you failed one you probably were going to lose that party member in the finale (laughs) which was awful and heart wrenching and I cried also, Adam. (laughs) I
0: I replayed the final mission like 15 times, trying every different combination, and there was always one person guaranteed to die because I didn't finish that one loyalty mission successfully, and I was really upset.
2: Confession time with Rob, I actually went back and I (laughs) had a really way earlier save that I hadn't deleted or, went all the way over. <laughs> I went all the way back and replayed about 20 hours of the game to get the right ending because I lost so many people during the finale yeah. but with the loyalty missions in this new one it looks like they are like uh, you said optional which means that we don't necessarily have to finish them in order to finish the main story or mm-hmm. if we don't finish them they won't die in the end of the main story <laughs> Which is kind of a nice thing. Um, it's less heart-wrenching, but I I kind of wonder how much motivation there will be in order to do the loyalty missions for everyone because they don't necessarily tie into the overarching story.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't know what they're really going to look like. They probably won't have a lot to do with their backstory necessarily because, like Adam said, you know, we're kind of removed from any backstory these characters may have had since they're in a new place and everything. Um, but for me, my, my favorite thing about Mass Effect has always been the world and all the characters and Mm -hmm. like, so getting more face time with these characters and getting more dialogue and getting to know, you know, these characters that the Bioware has created, I think is awesome. And I don't really care what I'm doing as long as I'm getting to interact with these characters more. That's like why I play Mass Effect. So,
1: and let me tell you, these characters are going to look better than ever because (laughs) Mass Effect Andromeda is coming on the Frostbite engine.
0: Yes, and they've been taking their sweet time <laughs> to make this game, so it Oof. better look pretty. <laughs> uh, as long as we uh, don't get any more
2: delays. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another thing that kind of got uh, put out. A, a pre-release card got posted on Amazon that said March 21st, but it said 2016, which is obviously already <laughs> passed, but maybe March 21st is supposed to be 2017, because that was that leak that happened you know, a month ago with the art book... It got posted saying March 21st, and they keep saying spring. So it looks like March 21st is probably going to be our launch date, which is exciting. Um, I don't know why they haven't announced it yet. It's pretty soon. But um, yep. I, th- yeah. I think that announcement will probably come by January, I would say. So. Yep. Yeah, um, so it, it gives early. us about a
1: month to play For Honor before we say thanks, but no thanks. We have Mass Effect now. It'll probably
0: yeah. <laughs> I, it, that just better not be Nintendo Switch weekend. I'm gonna be so upset if that is the oh, week man. the Switch comes out. Because they're saying March. The Switch so. comes out. It. Oh so, man. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. It. The, the, the fanboy
2: loyalty is. will be torn. <laughs>
0: uh yeah, I, I don't know. Mass Effect Three is actually the only Mass Effect I got on launch. I I. Bought the first one when it was on sale a few years after, and then borrowed the second one from a friend, but mm-hmm. launched straight into three. I'll probably pick it up just to maybe play multiplayer with some of you guys because I know some of you guys will be getting it. Um, yeah. But I don't know if I'll jump it all the way into the story until I've kind of died down my Switch hype.
2: <laughs> but and, we'll you, see. and you
1: can sit and you can play it for eight hours a day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. exactly. Uh, going back to the story a little bit, one of the things that I thought was... Um, interesting i don't i'm excited about it i'm excited about this uh creative director mac walters told game informer that the story of mass Effect andromeda isn't necessarily that of a trilogy um mm-hmm. so we're, we're trying to make one story oh, so this game so like a will be yeah like this game will be one story it may have some things that we can pull from it later which it definitely will hmm. um but say we want one game to tell one story Specifically, right now. Cool. Um, I've got some ideas about what that might be based on some trailers. If you guys want to hear it now. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm here. So, exploring the uh, Andromeda Initiative website and reading up about the initiative and what it is, and knowing that you leave for this adventure sometime between the events of Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3, there's a couple things that really stand out to me. Um, One, is it talks about how the Andromeda Initiative is outside Alliance Systems' control yeah. and authority. So it's totally, um, totally new, overarching government control and everything. Absolutely, mm-hmm. which brings the first question, all right, why is one of the Pathfinders an N7 in Alliance Soldier? Hmm, yeah. uh, the next thing is specifically on the Alliance website, talking about who funded it, is the phrase, with powerful benefactors lending their support. Which Mm -hmm. screams to me, there's somebody with money, and usually when that's mentioned, that means somebody has some motivations. Yeah. I think.
0: Elusive man is back.
1: (laughs) Dare I say it? Not necessarily Elusive Man, but Cerberus. Uh, I would not be surprised if. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Cerberus motivations, uh, and I would also not be surprised if possibly that leads to uh, some of the conflict, maybe even potentially uh, Alec Ryder, your daddy-o. Yeah kind Of disappearing, mm-hmm. um, is Cerberus things, Cerberus very human first, human only perspective, mm-hmm. not necessarily maybe wanting to partner with the other races that yeah. have their own.
0: I, I'm sure whether it's your dad or other people, there's going to be some kind of like S- Cerberus sleeper agents on board, or going to kind of, you know, uh, oh, there's got their own agenda for like sure, that. yeah.
2: Well, and it's kind of interesting because it is between Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3, so that does mean that one of the motivations behind this move. Is probably the Reaper invasion. yeah. And so we're looking for a new galaxy because of the Reaper invasion that's going to happen and starts at the very beginning of Mass Effect 3. And with that, one of the things I'm wondering is because, you know, Cerberus in uh, 3 is very indoctrinated to the Reapers and really with the Reaper agenda. So how is that going to play out in... Or if that is true, you know the idea that Cerberus is the ones behind it. How will that play out in the story of Andromeda? Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I, I like. You can the do news. a lot of uh, things
0: with the story. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. There's I'm a interested. lot out of... <laughs> there. You can do lots of stuff with it.
1: I I like the news that um, whether you're playing as male writer or female writer, which is your character's name, if if any of the listeners haven't made that up, you're no longer a shepherd. You're now a writer. Um, whether you play male or female, twi- they are twins, the two characters, and whoever you choose, the opposite sibling is out there somewhere in that world, um, potentially on a different arc ship, potentially on your arc ship, and something goes wrong and you need to yeah. find them. Um, I th- th- think it's
0: cool that you really are kind of choosing your character rather than just being, hey, you're Shepard, which can be boy or girl. Like You really are being a different you know, character that is being written a little differently, which is cool.
1: And not just forming your character through that decision, and of course making your face look nice and pretty, or like Samuel L. <laughs> Jackson, as some people have done. Act got it. Um, but the news of at least when it comes to story mode, not having very focused classes.
0: Yeah, uh, no, I, I'm excited about that. The, the Mass Effect games have always had different classes. You know, very you know classic RPG. You know, do you want to be a mage, a hunter, a scout? Right. You know, what do you want to be? Um, they're getting rid of that in this new mass effect. You you're not gonna pick whether you're Vanguard, soldier, or I don't remember what the other ones are, <laughs> engineer. Yeah, um, there's so many. Yeah, you you are just going to be just who you are and then basically you can allocate your skill points and other things to kind of mm-hmm. give you some of those more abilities, whether, you know, you wanted to have certain abilities that would, you know, play towards, you know, a sniping uh, mm-hmm. Style or you know, sneaky style, or more of a biotic style, whatever you want. So I'm, I'm really glad they're not kind of funneling you in and making you kind of choose right at the beginning of the game how do you want to play. You can kind of adapt that as you go throughout yeah. the game. I think that's that's awesome. It's going to make it a lot more fun and accessible.
2: Well, and I like that a lot better than, you know, a lot of RPGs are very strict on uh, what's your class right at the beginning. Yeah. You know, and Mass Effect is obviously a big RPG, but it's a huge RPG. And you might play through it one way and then be like, well, that class wasn't my favorite, so I'm going to go back and try a new class. But with this system, you're able to customize it a little bit more based off of how you find yourself playing the game. Mm-hmm. Which is
1: a lot more natural and a lot smoother um, gameplay dynamic. Yeah, that's what all of the Bioware kind of head honchos have been saying, is that you're not going to be shoehorned in right at the beginning. They said as you play and as you go and as you upgrade your rider, um, you're going to kind of fall into a class specifically as you go, but you're not going to be shoehorned in that right at the beginning. Yeah. I'm excited for JetPacks, is... too. <laughs> 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 Gotta love JetPacks. Also... I, I believe there, there was is a Dorkly also... comment one time that was talking about... Um, uh, secret cheat codes that we thought were included in ev- that we wish were included in every game okay. and they're going through all of them and they're like oh it was red dead redemption had this cheat code for jetpacks and i wish <laughs> grand theft auto had this cheat code for jetpacks and i wish halo reach had oh halo reach does have jetpacks
0: <laughs> yes. that was the best part about reach um but yeah, I, I'm excited for this change uh, I saw your note there, Adam That for the multiplayer mode There will still kind of be classes That you kind of unlock yeah. and play as Which makes sense mm-hmm. it's, It wants you to kind of pick classes That work together as a team with other people um, So you, you know, have people who can hang back Or go you know, more in your face yeah. And you want to be able to you know, Kind of mix it up there But in the main story You kind of have access to anything You kind of choose to go for Which is awesome
1: yeah, as well as, uh, at least a the multiplayer side, having two different experience kind of trees, basically. Mm-hmm. There's your overall experience as a player, but then also as you go through, you get experience for kind of whatever class type you are. Yeah, so right. that if you're playing as kind of the tanky character, um, the game maybe has like three or four of them. Like maybe um, uh, if you think back to how Mass Effect 3's multiplayer was, uh, there was all the different... Species individual characters you could yeah. play, yeah, all the different species, but they each were kind of in their own class, yeah. So you basically have like class experience yeah. as well as your own personal experience, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm excited to see yeah. how it works out. I, I know you and me both registered for the multiplayer beta. I hope we get mm-hmm. in there, it'd <laughs> be fun to, to jump into that again. I,
1: we had the reunite, the yeah. reuniting of the Moe squad, <laughs> exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: It'll be a ton of fun. Um, uh, one thing I did want to point out. They were quoted by saying that the game runs at 30 frames per second on some platforms. Does this mean that most of the game on most systems is 30 frames per second unless you have either A, a high-end, ridiculously high-end PC, or B, the PlayStation Pro or Xbox Scorpio? Like, Is that what that is saying? Like, It's going to be 30 frames per second for most people unless you buy the really expensive version of the console that you're already on. What what do you guys think? I'm really perplexed about
2: this. I'm kind of wondering if that is sort of a sly reference. I know we talked a little bit about this um, when we talked about the Nintendo Switch. I wonder Mm -hmm. if that's a sly reference to say that we might put this on the the Nintendo Switch.
0: I I think EA already said they're not putting it on. I mean, I guess they they could always surprise us. Maybe they're saving it for a reveal in the January reveal. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh,
2: You think that it might
0: be just because of the switch
2: oh <laughs> well, i mean and that's Could a possibility be, I, I do think that the other possibility like you said the ps pro and uh the scorpio they and they might just be kind of shoehorning it to say hey this is sort of a backwater ea type move to say you got to pay more money for the nicer system so that you can get so the better the frames per second
0: <laughs> i mean is this if that is true like is this what all like games are going to come to nowadays like we're going to get you know, just okay versions on ours, and they're going to really put all their effort and make the pretty games and make 60% frame games only on PS Pro and stuff. I think that would be ridiculous. And I hope that is not true. Um, yep. But I, I, guess, uh, I guess we'll see. I don't see why, after taking this long to develop it and how talented of a developer they are, why, why they can't get 60 frames on PlayStation 4. <laughs> this far after launch. I feel like it's yep. kind of ridiculous, but I don't know. We'll see. I Going back to Rob's comment,
1: um, kind of the news and and the word that it won't be released on Nintendo Switch comes from a tweet that Michael Gamble, who is one of the head honchos with um, EA and Bioware, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. basically he was asked about it and all he said was PC, PS4, Neo, X1, which could be we don't, Know the Nintendo Switch release date? Um, that tweet was sent a couple hours after the Nintendo Switch was announced, gotcha. and mm. so, so we didn't confirm it, was, it but didn't necessarily deny it. So you're saying, absolutely. yeah, um, gotcha. because neither release date has been announced, well, and may, maybe I, it comes out yeah, one comes out before I, the other. I really hope
0: so because EA is listed as a partner for the Wii U, uh, like or excuse me for the for the Switch. <laughs> um, for the Wii U, they did put out Mass Effect 3, but it was like a year after the game came out and like, it just was kind of too little too late. Like no one really yep. wanted it. Um, so, you know, with the Switch coming out around the same time as this game, I think it would be huge if this game was coming on the Switch and I would be tempted to even get it on the Switch to be able to play Mass Effect wherever I go. Um, cool. but I think we'll, we will have to wait till that January reveal. I think if this yeah. is going to be on the Switch, that would be the time. They announce it is in you know a sizzle trailer during that official unveiling. So I don't know, that'd be cool, but we'll see. Not not counting on it. I got my PS4, <laughs> so I can play Mass Effect, but uh, we'll see. Um, cool. Is there any anything else about the the game that you guys want to talk about? I think overall, it sounds like we're all we're all pretty excited. Like you know, we play Mass Effect games with the story, and it sounds like the story is setting off in a great direction. I like how they're not saying too much. They're kind of, you know, wetting our mm-hmm. appetite a little bit, getting a speculating, thinking about it, but I'm sure there'll be a lot for us to discover. I mean, it's a whole new galaxy. So
1: I think yeah, that'll be cool. uh, if anybody's interested in kind of the, uh, not necessarily augmented reality game that's with it, uh, mass Andromeda initiative. You can sign up, go through recruitment details, um, sign up for updates mm-hmm. as well as kind of once you're in that system, they uh, have some Andromeda mission training. They only have the first video out now, which they yep. say is the first part of a series of six. And once you do the six, then, um, which I'm really excited for. Uh, yeah. I'm just the fun continuation yeah. of your, your Andromeda. Eat up all the Mass
0: Effect that you can.
1: <laughs> Andromeda <laughs> right. training that you get to do. Um, already saying, hey, do this, and we'll give you a uh, free helmet. Oh, nice. Basically. In-game. Yeah. Yep. And if you've never played the Mass Effect games, helmets and gear are not just cosmetic. They also do have different stats to them. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, much. I signed up for it
2: yesterday because I saw that and I was like, dude, oh, I'm so excited because then it's sort of like this little nice little teaser every few weeks or I don't know, however often they do it. They have to do it six times between now and when they release yeah. in spring, <laughs> quote, quote. <laughs> so i'm pretty excited to see some of the i'm I'm really excited to see how this develops over the next few months before we have the release of the game and i don't know if i will the more and more i see the more and more tempted i am to pre-order it and pick it up at launch but you know (laughs) i'm i'm still sort of hesitant because normally launch games tend to have some pretty fantastic glitches so don't care the the bugs (laughs) i know right that's kind of the balance right now you just reminded me Uh, Mass
0: Effect 3, I had this really bad bug where you couldn't import your character in from Mass Effect 2. Oh, yeah. And I really wanted to import my characters because, like, I really wanted, like, the face and everything that I had done. And it wasn't necessarily <laughs> anything special. Just I was really bugged by that. And There's so, actually a
2: workaround
0: for that. Yeah, it was, it was really weird. So I just, I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, I can play some other games. So I played a little bit of the multiplayer with, like, Adam and some other people. Yeah. And they eventually did do a patch pretty quickly, like, a week or two after. But... I remember that being like a really big buzzkill. I'm like, I guess I'll wait to start the story. Yeah,
1: and, and Mass Effect, Mass Effect Three, I think gets a bad rap that is deserved in many ways, specifically because of the ending. We're not going to get into it, but <laughs> the spoilers here. But I, I uh, no, not not because of spoilers, but because that's a whole it's, can of yeah, worms. Complaining, a whole complaining post- about Mass it, <laughs> but. I got to the end of Mass Effect 3, and um, I had a friend named named Cater that basically, I saw him after he'd already beat it once, playing it again. And I was like, I thought you hated it because of the ending. He's like, yes. But I thought about it, and I said to myself, there has to be a reason why I put 60 hours into this game the first time. <laughs> Which means, even though Mass Effect 3 gets really bad rap, Mass Effect 3 is a really, Still really good it. game, oh, with yeah. the exception of about the last 10 minutes. Yes.
2: Sure. Yeah, and for if sure. you kind of just ignore the last 10 minutes, even up to it, you know, the final mission and everything is really fun. So, yep. yeah. They're all well designed. They're great games. If you have not played Mass Effect, this is our little, like, advertisement for it. <laughs> Go play the Mass <laughs> Effect trilogy. Yeah, you, you with, can get the whole with,
0: trilogy pretty cheap,
1: like, for PS3 or 360, even. like. Uh, like and if you're on Xbox dark. One, um, all three of the games are now available backwards compatible yep. or yep. through the vaults that you can do. Um, just one rule for you if you're playing Mass Effect 1 you are not allowed to be the soldier class (laughs) the the soldier class in Mass Effect 1 is there just because they started to do a whole bunch of um, the power wheel and all these kind of biotic powers and everything was a very new concept when the first Mass Effect came Mm -hmm. out and so because of that they're like "All right, we don't want to force players to play this way kind of Explaining it, so we have this soldier class that you can do. You can play the game, not really how we design. You're kind of not going to get the full experience for it. Um, Mass Effect Two and Three, they kind of found a better way. to specifically found a, a better way to blend.
0: Yeah, those sure. classes. So the kind of combat thing. is is
1: just such a step up yep. with Two and Three for sure. Oh, yeah. And just one last thing I want to throw out uh, about Mass Effect Andromeda, No power wheel. Which I'm like, I have no idea where we're going with this yeah, now. It'll be interesting. I saw something about um.
2: What was it uh quick the if you just have like the keys the quick keys basically is what it was going for on it so
0: yeah i don't I, know it, I, i'm okay with making the game quicker and more action oriented like i'm not a big rpg guy anyways but uh oh. i know some people might be a little confused and upset about that. yeah and when
1: it when it came down to it i would really only use the um the three powers i had Queued up already for hotkeys, basically. I would really only use this anyway. I don't think it'll be a big of an issue. It should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Mass Effect 3, there came a point where I would go through entire fights without ever firing a shot because I'm just (laughs) using my
2: powers.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, we will definitely keep you guys um,
0: updated. Any more news that comes out about Andromeda. um, And we will keep keep that hype train rolling for you guys. And hopefully that uh, release date gets confirmed soon. So. before we go, Adam, we always like to close off by saying what we're playing this week. And so um, I'll go ahead and start us off. Like I said earlier, Donkey Kong Country 2 got its hooks back in me. I'm going for a 100% run now. I've kind of discovered there was... I never 100 percent it as a kid, but I, I know most of the secrets, but not all of them. And so one level, Bramble Scramble, um, I played the level like eight times yesterday, and I could not find the final DK coin. I was so frustrated. Finally, I caved and I looked it up on YouTube. And there's two invisible walls that you have to jump through <laughs> to get this coin. Like, there's no invisible walls, like, in the entire game that I've seen. So I was like, what is this? This is ridiculous. So I, I was I was pretty upset by that. But um, I, I'm having a lot of fun going going through that game and trying, trying to find everything. And uh, if you saw on our YouTube channel, I picked up Batman Telltale this week. Saw it on sale. And uh played through the first two episodes. I streamed the first one on our YouTube. Um, and I I didn't have very high expectations for it going in. I mean, I thought it'd be good, but not necessarily great as some of the, my other favorite Telltale games. Um, first episode uh, started off really slow. The first half was was not, not that great. Uh, but it kind of really picked up in the second episode. Like You kind of meet Selina outside of her Catwoman persona that you start the game meeting her as. And you kind of have this whole, like, kind of, like, Incredibles-type vibe, you know, with, like, Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl when they're kind of, like, flirting with each other and, like, saying that they know each other's secrets, but, you know, no one else really knows that. And so I I kind of... I really started enjoying it when that came in. And then um, the takes on characters are also really different as well. The Penguin is, like... Oswald Cobblepot grew up as, like, your childhood friend, so that's really interesting. Um, And... Falcone is kind of the main bad guy of the first episode as well so you're kind of dealing a lot with the mob and you can kind of choose whether you want to be Batman or Bruce Wayne so um, and there's also a very different take on Batman's parents which I won't spoil it for you um, if anyone's planning on playing it but um, I'm liking it, it's it's not not very predictable, it definitely is taking some liberty with the characters in a good way that's staying true to the characters but also kind of you know, twisting them in interesting ways so I've been having some fun did Rob? Did, did you guys? Were you able to watch any of that stream, or did you guys? Are you guys interested in the game at all? Or
2: I watched a little bit of the stream. Um, I ran out of time. I was doing it on my lunch break today, so oh, kind of nice. watched like <laughs> kind of watched like twenty minutes of it, and then nice. had to get back to work. So yeah,
0: it, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, I think the third episode is out now. I downloaded it. Um, fourth and fifth ones aren't out quite yet, though. But. Mm. Um, I did try Ratchet and Clank Quest for Booty. It was a PS3 game. I got a while. It's pirate themed. I did not like it. I played it for about an hour and I was getting kind of bored. It didn't really suck me in. It wasn't very pretty like the new PS4 one. So I'm kind of worried now. I have a couple of the other PS3 Ratchet and Clank games on my PS3 and hopefully the other ones are better, but I don't know. It just didn't, didn't really grab me. Have you guys played any of the Ratchet and Clank's at all? Negative. I, I, uh.
1: Have no experience with Ratchet
0: and Clank series. The PS4 one's amazing. It's like one of my favorite like games of the year, like easily. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I keep you keep preaching it. And, yeah. glad to pick it up. The the older one, I don't know. It just it it's not grabbing me like the new one, the new remastered, remastered.
2: I played some of the the PS2 ones and I I liked them. Um, I never played Ratchet and Clank Quest for Beauty, but I played some of the other ones and they were a lot of fun. They had some quirky characters and they had some some great gameplay aspects and some things that were just kind of unique about them that made it yeah. really entertaining yeah in a platformer shooter type way i do and like so... the
0: platforming stuff the platforming platforming is great i love 3d platformers that those segments are great i think just i i, I mean this is only my second game but i think i can see why maybe they kind of did a reboot is that they yeah. i was looking through the store when they're having the ratchet and clink sale there was like eight games like available for sale like for ps3 i'm like how many of these games did they crank out like they just made so many of them i think they just kind of all got really samey and just kind of you know none of them are really that special and so um i don't know i'll I'll probably put put this one down for rest and pick up one of the other ones i downloaded and try one of the other ones see if i like it more um but yeah other than that um i am proud to say i played star fox zero again for my wii u this week. <laughs> it had been a very long time. It was actually because of Adam. He, he asked me if I wanted to play Battlefront with them, and I went to put it in and wasn't downloading my PS4. I'm like, well, forget that. Um, so I was looking through my Wii U games. I'm like, I'm going to throw in Star Fox. I kind of want to play it right now. Play through through like, the first four or five levels again. Um, actually, I had a, had a lot of fun with it. I I, I like, the, like the art style. The voice acting's great. Um, just the the controls are fine. Like I don't have a big issue with them. I, I'm able to adapt to them pretty easily. Just it, it's just unnecessary. Like what they did with the controls, with having to to move you with your stick and then look down on the game pad to actually aim. and You can aim anywhere you want. Um, it was might have been kind of a cool idea. Just it's unnecessary. The game doesn't really need that quirk. And they they didn't realize that looking up and down to the TV and the gamepad doesn't work like your eyes need to readjust because the depth is totally different <laughs> it doesn't work like if you have a DS and you're looking at the two screens at the same time like it doesn't work like that um, so it, there's some kind of little weird quirky things about it but I don't know st- overall it's still a good game um, I just wish you know they would have maybe just made it a little bit more straightforward so but I don't know, still fun. It's in my Wii U. I might give it another shot this week
1: um, Adam what about you alright well as you mentioned I played Star Wars Battlefront uh, for the first time since I got it. I've only had my PlayStation for a couple of months now. Um, and most of the times that I've had my PlayStation has been getting kind of cut up on Destiny. Um, but I played Star Wars Battlefront for the first time. I really enjoyed it. The main reason I put in Battlefront is I started playing it on N7 Day because of all the trailers. And I said, you know what another game that runs on the Frostbite engine? Star Wars Battlefront. Um, I'm just... Getting as excited as I can for Mass Effect. <laughs> uh, <that's hilarious. laughs> Talking talk about Destiny, uh, uh, Destiny's Iron Banner event started today. Uh, so I'm probably playing a lot of that this week, getting my light level up on all my characters. Yeah, you're telling um, me you just power leveled in just a few hours you played today. Absolutely incredible. Uh, I went from 393 to 397 in four hours.
0: That is awesome. Like, that that's, you know, the biggest problem just with Destiny. You know, they're so stingy with rewards, so it's great yep. when something like this comes along. You can just, you know get rewarded really easily that's awesome. yeah,
1: all four iron bounty bounties drop a reward much higher than whatever your active light level is awesome awesome yep. and uh and my very last game that i played before getting off to do this i had got my first ever 400 light Ooh, level game, congratulations uh, destiny i'm really excited about that um i just finished the first three uncharted games i'm excited to go on and pick up uncharted 4 love yes. them Um, That was one of the big reasons why I jumped ship over from my Xbox 360 to the PlayStation. Gotta experience Nathan Drake, man. Yeah, and I'm gonna be honest, uh, I I had cosplayed as Nathan Drake before I played the Uncharted games. (laughs) 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 That was hilarious. Mostly just because... Wannabe! But but see, now that I've actually played it, I feel like it was justified because I don't remember how recently you played it, but there are so many times during the game that something would happen, and I would make a sarcastic comment and then three minutes later, Nathan Drake would make the exact same comment <laughs> yeah. that I had. And I would go, all right, see, this is okay. We think the same. It's all right. You, you identify as Drake now. Yep. There you go. Uh, one of the free games on PlayStation Plus this month is called The Deadly Tower of Monsters. I've been playing that. Absolutely, so it's not, it's not a crappy game? Absolutely. Well, it is a crappy game, but let me tell you about it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so you got one fun. minute to sell me on this So game. The, the plot is... You are the main character in a movie that called the Deadly Tower of Monsters. That is a bad sci-fi B movie. <laughs> and as you're playing through the game, you are playing through the movie, featuring okay. like stop-motion dinosaurs and uh, giant King is it, Kong-type creature. Well, pers- that when he is goes it like and first grabs person two, perspective or is it like a side scroller or uh, top-down? Top-down. Okay. Uh, but, like, giant King Kong, and when the King Kong goes to grab you, you can very clearly say, see it's just a puppet hand <laughs> trying to grab you. Um, the best part about the game, though, is as you are playing, the director of the movie is doing live DVD commentary. <laughs> <laughs> and so you it's, it's funny. To... It's well-written. Oh, it's fantastically well-written. Awesome. Um, like you're standing still and he goes I don't really remember why I left so many stationary shots in the game but oh well
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's cool so man I, I, I'm going to I'm have to try this I did download it because I, I you did yeah. text me recommending it um, and, and I'll, I'll have to report back next week and let you know what I think but if you got PS Plus definitely download
1: it it's free might as well I, and I do want to mention that uh, finally went on sale as of 20 minutes ago okay i now have i now have rocket league
0: yeah awesome so i'll be playing dude the poop out of that going forward we're playing rocket league let's play right for the show tonight let's do it Ab- absolutely <laughs> i've been, been, been waiting to, to get in. it
1: xbox 360 playstation 4 send me a friend request horizon omen h o r i-z-o-n-o-m-e-n no spaces one word uh also just because we're getting ready to get done at sir mr fields on twitter there we go i'm done, <laughs> done awesome very cool
0: now you now you just got to get rocket league rob then we'll all play together
2: yeah i guess it's on sale, so maybe i should go check that out <laughs> well, you love your sales $12. i do love my sales i don't like to buy games at full price it is uh four dollars right now Ooh, twelve dollars, man. Bad. That's really tempting. Um, <laughs> anyways, so this week I played a lot of Fallout Three. I uh, played through. I um, I have the DLC on there, and so I I found the uh, alien spaceship. It's one of the DLCs in Fallout Three, and so I've been on the alien spaceship. And oh my gosh, it's a lot bigger than I thought it would be. Bigger <laughs> Oh hey, I'll just play through this in like an hour. I've been on the ship for like four hours now, <laughs> and still not even like halfway through it. <laughs> uh, of course, that's so what this is expect. just how i play fallout i just keep playing it
0: classic rub 2018 let me guess ne- next game is batman arkham knight it is but <laughs> fun fact i beat it hey, oh uh, no, sort of. Wow. uh-oh what do you mean sort of i mean you so, did a hundred percent i assume but you, did you beat the batman arkham
2: knight has a really interesting glitch uh oh, really? And this glitch is if you've completed all the side missions except for the Riddler's Challenge, and then you beat the main story, mm-hmm. you cannot see the ending of the game, either the incomplete or the complete ending of the game, until you beat one more side quest. What? AKA, I cannot see the ending of the game until I've beaten all so the Riddler wait, challenges. You,
0: you didn't? You didn't? Do the final boss and like
2: see the ending of the game with the credits yet? I beat the final boss. Okay. But there's an end credit kind of wrap-up scene at the end of the game. Uh-huh. That sort of wraps up the story of the Batman Arkham series. Yeah. I've not seen that in the yeah. game. And it, it, huh. was a, it was a glitch? It's a glitch, apparently. Weird. When it, and it's weird because it's been out for two years now and they yeah. haven't patched that. But apparently you can't watch the ending until you have beat one more side mission. So there's well, two different endings. There's an incomplete one and oh a complete no. one. The complete one you get is when you beat all the side yeah, missions yeah, and yeah. the main story. And the incomplete one is when you haven't beaten all the side missions, but you've beaten, I think you have to beat at least seven of them in order yeah. to see that story ending. Weird. And
1: and you did all of them, and the it's, only one you have left is like the hardest one. This is your is punishment for doing all the
0: side missions first, Rob.
2: And so I was actually talking to Nathan on PS Plus when I was doing this, and I said, "Dude, I can't beat the game." He's like, "Your completionist backfired, exactly." <laughs> so, uh, man, I went on, you know, sad. out of frustration and angst because, well, I really don't want to get, sit there and play through all the Riddler yeah. challenges. I went and watched the ending on YouTube, YouTube like man. a noob. There you go. You, you finally caved,
0: so you're not going to keep playing Arkham Knight every day and get all the Riddler trophies? <laughs> keep I'm not.
2: Your, I, your I, I thought about it and was sitting there and thinking, you know what, I have so many other things I can do with my time, yeah, like so many sure, other sure. video games that I could play, and sitting here trying to find all the Riddler challenges is just too ridiculous. <laughs> so I fired up my Xbox 360 and started playing Red Dead Redemption. Yeah! yeah. yeah. I, 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 feel, I feel like we've all gotten Red Dead I, fever like these last couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I played it for a while, and then my Xbox 360 crashed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Don't you miss the 360. I
2: haven't, I haven't used it in a long time, and apparently I'm pretty sure it's got a lot of be dust buildup. Yeah, and it's quite dusty. It's overheating, and so yeah. every time I hit a certain point, I tried it like three times, and every time I hit a certain point in a mission, it just would crash and shut off. Yeah. Now you get the two red <clears throat> circles. So not the Red Ring of Death, but the two well, ones. Uh, so, so, at least it like, still should well, work. Now i got to fix my Xbox 360 mm-hmm. before I can play Red Dead. I'm sorry. But,
0: I, I have Red Dead on my PS3 as a digital download, so it should should work okay. And I think I, I was going to yeah. pick it up this week as well. So, all this talks that got me so excited.
2: <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> Alright, cool. So, I think that about wraps up our show. We went a, went a few minutes over, but I think we had some good conversations. So, uh, mm-hmm. thank you for those of you who sent in some viewer questions. If you would like to be uh, future on the show. Um, be sure to just uh, either DM us or just reply to us on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at hey listen Games. You can also find us on iTunes. And you can listen to the show whenever you would like to uh, by subscribing on iTunes and get us on your podcast app. You can find me on Twitter at the Jeffrey Morse. You can find Rob at Rob Douglas Five, and you can find Adam Fields at Sir Mister Fields. Thank you so much for joining us. We will leave you with. An end once and for all from the Mass Effect 3 soundtrack. Happy End 7 Day, and we will see you next week.